Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Don Wong. Uh, Don, let's uh, give everyone a bit of an intro to yourself. Uh, hi, uh, I'm Don Wong, and I am an avid listener of the of Glenn's podcast, A Canadian Investing in the U.S., um, and, you know, Glenn's podcast has, has given a lot of information. And, uh, you know, I've started my U.S. investment journey just recently. And, uh, you know, basically pretty much Glenn's information really just kind of got me started. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, do, you, do you have any properties in Canada or how, do, how did the, the whole process go? How, what's your story? Um, no, I, I don't have any properties in Canada. Uh, so, I, I mean, I've got one like a, a pre-construction, but you know, that, that's been going for a very long time. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, okay. So we're talking, um, we were talking ahead of time anyway, we had a, a conversation and what really intrigued me is you're doing some credit card stacking. Um, well, let's maybe start back up a little bit, tell people what it is and then, uh, and what we can do with that and then how to do it. <laughs> uh, well, really, I mean, um, I would say credit card, so-called stacking is really just applying for credit cards at different points in time. And okay. a lot of people think, okay, um, when you apply for a credit card, your credit score will go down. Yeah. Um, and then mo a lot of times what people think is, oh, I don't want so much credit card, so many credit cards because it may um, impact, you know, my future borrowing capabilities and things like that. But yeah. in fact, I've been doing this for a couple of years just to um, try to sometimes getting the uh, promotions from credit cards um, and, you know, I find that over the years that, you know, it doesn't really impact uh, the credit score and uh, it doesn't really impact uh, the, your ability to borrow in the future. So I can kind of tell you is that you can actually kind of restructure your credit from your credit card and perhaps to move that credit. Sometimes you can move it towards your, your personal line of credit and increasing the limit from there. So. Yeah. All in all, if you're, you know, if for someone that's doing, um, you know, investing either in Canada or in the States, you can actually help you um, to do some, do some sort of like short term movement of funds and liquidity from time to time. So I, I think it's, uh, it, it's a pretty good strategy for someone to, just to get started. Okay. And you said it's like points in time I caught uh, off of your, when you're talking, is it like, should we be, you, you don't go on a rampage and apply for like 30 in one day you, you no, spread no. <laughs> them out or like is there a strategy for that well there are a lot of people out there there's actually a community of people that will apply for example you know um, six credit cards in like a, a span of two months but i don't recommend that right mm -hmm. that's really kind of because i work for one of the banks too and yeah. uh, i i wouldn't recommend that and that's some really um, from a from a bank's perspective, it is kind of kind of call we call these people who are gamers, right? Yeah. Um, and and you know that type of activity is strongly um, you know it's not strongly encouraged. Uh, but I would say you know I would say you know one or two credit cards over a three months time span it's plausible, okay. or maybe you know um, three to six months would be would be plausible, right? So. You just kind of put your spending on these cards to get your welcome bonus, and then, um, and then you kind of park these cards aside, and and as you see a bonus comes on, and maybe oh that intrigues you, then you can reapply again. So, you said a couple of things that were just my next questions. So, <laughs> is it to sign up for the bonus points, or is like you know the 
because does the promotional, you don't know the promotional rate if they're going to give you like 0% or 3% or something for a year. You usually don't know that when you're signing up, right? That's usually not the pitch, right? A lot of times the welcome bonus is about the points, the lump sum points. So I'm, yeah. I collect, for example, aeroplane points, right? Okay. So for example, now I think, you know, um, CIBC has their own, for example, credit cards that give out, let's say 20,000 points on the fly when you meet like a thousand dollars spent, right? So a lot of people would try to apply for this card and then try to meet the spend. And then from, and then once you meet the spend within the certain time frame, then a lot of these people just park aside these cards and, and then apply for a different one as time goes on. So you kind of collect all these points. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's how that's how they do it. <laughs> so then do you cancel these cards at some point or you just keep them? So typically I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to cancel these cards because I, I like to keep them so that I build my, my, I guess my ability to, um, I guess it helps your credit history, right? So, right. um, if you have a, a large credit limit that's unutilized, that's actually beneficial to your, to your, uh, um, your credit history. Yeah. It shows you like, what do they call it? Um, restraint. Yeah for yeah. using the, all the credit you have? Yeah, exactly. Kind of like, a, you kind of demonstrate that you have the ability to, you know, to not only repay your, 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 your bills, but yeah. also kind of like show your self-restraint from using it. <laughs> so yeah. you get these cards, you put some money on them to get like, you know, whatever they require to get your sign up bonus. Do you have to keep putting money on these like a little bit every year or is it, you can just throw those in a drawer now and I actually put them maybe like, um, you know, maybe buy a latte or something every yeah. month or so just to keep it active. Yeah. Um, you know, that it, it really helps also kind of build your history so that there is activity on these cards. Yeah. Um, but that, that's, that's really like what I, I do, but there's a lot of people in the community who, who they call churners, right? They just park these cards aside. They just put in a drawer and until, until, you know, when they cancel, they just kind of redo the whole process again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. And like, I just recently, like this week, I got, uh, three of them in the mail for like promotional rates. Uh, well, two of them were 0% for 12 months. And then one was 0% for 18 months. And they had, but they all have the, like the Canadian ones. They tend to have the, uh, you know, what do you call it? Like a 3% sign, uh, initial payment thing for them. Um, I'm guessing you got more than that. <laughs> you got more than the two or three. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't carry any balances on my credit cards and I don't typically run like a, a line of credit on it. Right. So yeah. I just run my expenses on it. Um, I think in the States it's much more lucrative in a sense that uh, which is why main reason I'm here is trying to tell your listeners that, you know, they're, they're, especially on uh, American Express side, they allow you to borrow the first year at 0%, right? So that really doesn't really happen here in Canada. In Canada, there is so-called something 0%, but then you have to apply like a 3% tra balance transfer fee, which kind of like a fee. And I, I think it, no one really wants to do that unless you're really kind of short in cash. Yeah, no. But no, that's, that's a very interesting point now with the U.S. ones. Let's say they give you, uh, well, it has to be hopefully enough money, right? If they give you like a little, 
I don't know, three or five thousand dollar thing. It's not going to get you that far, <laughs> but yeah. uh, you know, ideally, you need to have a, a, a sign up and get a, a larger amount to start with. But you could borrow the money, and um, when you're thinking about doing like what I'm doing, like taking private money or setting up a fix and flip loan, um, you could skip all of the setup fees and everything else, and and just run this off a credit card. And especially if you're doing projects that are, I don't know, three six months, you could be in and out and uh, basically free money you didn't have to go through the trouble of dealing with anybody <laughs> exactly yeah exactly and you want to make sure your utilization on those credit cards even though it's zero percent you want to keep it at around like 30 percent utilization right because that actually can ding you your credit score um and you want to keep that at that level otherwise it'll you'll have trouble applying for additional credit cards down the road interesting so that's an interesting point so now you have to really get a, a larger amount to, if you're going to keep it only using a small part of it right and it might exactly might yeah. involve using several different cards in order to, if you're going to pull off a renovation or something like that um, yeah yeah when i started investing in the u.s i did it by myself and had to go through the growing pains of doing that glensutherland.com coaching a 12-week coaching program done one hour per week over zoom from the comfort of your own home Classes are kept to five people to be able to answer everyone's questions. Shortcut the process. Make fewer mistakes. Curriculum available at glensutherland.com coaching. I, I did this um, a few years ago. And so because sometimes like with uh, projects, I, I borrow private money or I borrow, you know, money comes in, money comes out, you need stuff every once in a while. And also... Honestly, it was part of it. I wanted to see if I could actually, if this could be done. And um, I got the, you know, the balance transfer checks, right? So it was 0% for, I think, 18 months. And I'm like, I'm going to see if I can, because I'm like, this will be a good podcast movie. I'll see if I can buy a house because I, uh, with, with the credit cards and see if I can do that. And yeah, I could send, pay with the check <laughs> from the credit cards. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so, but I still, it, it did involve some extra, um, parts to moving parts because I, I needed to convert that to us. Right. So if you're working in Canada, it'd be a little bit easier. Right. So I had to cash that check leg for it to clear, then send it to the exchange company and then send it to the U S. And so it take, took a little bit of time to pull this off, but um, yeah, I, I did do it on a credit card. And the other problem I had when I was trying to deal with this was that they were saying, Oh, you need, um, well, we're only going to give you like $10,000 for your you know first credit card. And so I was like, oh, but can I, can you just move the rate up or I'm like, I have these other ones at these other major banks. Can I just cancel those? And you give me the credit on this one. And they're like, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> no. No. I went, can I, can I have another credit card then? They're like, okay. Believe me, I couldn't believe this worked. So I was like, can I get another credit card then? Well, we can do another application. So they're like, okay, I can give you 10,000 on this one. And, and it's same bank, same card. Like they look identical, just different numbers. Here's like seven on this one. Here's another 10 on this one. Here's another 10. Just kept applying for the exact same card from the exact same bank. And then I wow. called them up and I said, hey, I have all these credit cards from you guys. It's kind of a nuisance. Can you just put them together? And they're like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And they put it together. And I'm like, okay, now I have enough for a house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so I went and uh, I bought a property in uh, Indianapolis a couple of years ago. And just, just for like, just to see how it would go. And yeah, it, it worked. Uh, and then I did the refinance at about the 12 month mark because for refinances, you go like, 
If you do it on day one, there are lenders that'll do it. It's gonna be very expensive. You just yeah. wait to three months, better. Six months is more traditional, 12 months, which I found out to do a refi with the Canadian banks in the US, you gotta wait 12 months. They wouldn't let me refi because I'm trying to refi a property at the six month mark. Can't do that with Royal Bank or TD, you found out. So learning something all the time because <laughs> I don't usually <laughs> work with them. So back to using my regular banks because um, I don't have that time to wait. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like waiting. I want to use the money again. Um, but yeah, I refinanced the property, paid off the credit card before. Um, one thing you have to, you will have to watch that I found was the uh, moving money back and forth to the U.S. The exchange rate can change in six months. You, uh, in my case, when I did it, it worked out better, and I got extra money in Canada. But it can go the other way too, and you can yeah. be short on these things. And with these credit cards, you never want to miss the payments. No. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I sorry, just thought you were for a rant there. But yeah, no. Um, tell me if I'm wrong, but I heard this: if you get so, say they give you like a 12 month promotional rate, right, or or you know zero percent, or well three percent balance transfer fee, and then zero percent for 12 months or 18 months, whatever they offered you. If you miss, I heard, if you miss the very last payment, and so uh, it hits month 13 or month 19, um, you get charged all the interest for the whole section. I could be wrong. I, could. I, I haven't, I don't know, actually. I, <laughs> well, you I pay yours off, right? So you weren't using yeah. it to buy a house or anything like that, right? But I've always made sure I paid mine off, but I heard, I, I heard that from someone. Maybe I'm off. I don't know. <laughs> I, I was told by the bank that if I miss a minimum payment, the balance, the entire balance will be charged at the regular rate, like like 23% or something like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Some yeah, of those cars can yeah. be 30 or 42. Yeah. yeah. So like you, you can't get your, your 0% back anymore. That, that's what I was told. But um, yeah, I've never, yeah, I, I didn't know about going back in time. And yeah. Yeah. And one thing, if you do are like, you know, you have this promotional rate and you're like, I don't really want to pay these things right off. Um, if you're trying to run your numbers, they do, you have to pay, it's not an amortized loan or maybe it, is an advertised loan, but you have to pay more than just the interest rate. Uh, like, you know, they, they want a, um, a balance every month, which is decently high in comparison to the amount of money you borrowed, I found. Oh, really? Yeah, so I, it's like, because you, you want this thing to be paid off in, I don't know, 10 years or something like that. So they, I guess it's basically the same as an amortized loan. So you're paying off, you know, some of the, I guess, principal as you go, uh, as well as the interest rate at a high, like I think they're still charging you like the 18% interest rate or 20% or 30, whatever it is, but it's all principal pay down there, but they're still charging you that amount. Um, I believe is what, how, I'm not sure how they calculated it, but I was like, I was surprised. I'm like, Oh, I'm got a 0% loan, but they're like, yeah, they want $350 a month or whatever it was. Right. And I'm like, yeah. huh. I'm like, I kind of thought that I wasn't gonna have to do anything. <laughs> yeah. So if you're running numbers, you're you, it, it is principal pay down, but it, you still have to come up with carrying costs. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of um, Canadians who, you know, who wants to kind of get into their U.S. card game, right? It's very challenging, and because the a lot of people don't know how to get around that, right? And you know, there's a, a community out there that kind of talks about this very openly, actually, to kind of show you step by step on how do you how do you do this? Yeah. Oh, and it, it is more difficult to get the uh, U.S. credit cards, right? Um, so, like the first one I went and got in the states. Uh, I just went to one of the Canadian banks, right? I'm like, I just need a credit card, right? So I got one of my personal name and just got it there. And then as soon as I had the card, 
called them up and I got them to convert the card from reporting to my social insurance number to reporting to my ITIN number because I wanted to build up American credit as well. So this can double work for you, right? Um, and if you want to build up American credit, you need at least two points of credit, right? And so you have to actually borrow money. And so for me, <laughs> yeah, so you, but you borrow it, pay it off, borrow it, pay it off every month, right? Um, but you, um, so yeah, you, you buy the, you borrow this money and you try and get this going. Um, I call up the bank, change it to my ITIN. And I, after a while I was like, hey, okay, lenders, can I get um, a better loan based on my ITIN, right? I have an ITIN credit score. And they're like, that's not worth anything. And I'm like, what? And it wasn't for years. And just as of like, well, these probably people listen to this podcast, whatever, but as of 2021 in the fall, they actually came out with ITIN. So there's foreign national lending and there's foreign national with credit lending. And so you can actually get a better interest rate by building your ITIN, which before it really didn't do anything. And at least the lending I was using, it wasn't building anything. If I went to Canadian bank, they're allowed to use my social insurance number based on what I owned, what I made, you know, all that stuff, right? And um, the other banks, they're like, this is uh, asset-based lending. We don't care about that either. So I was like, well, what was they building this up for? What was the point? Um, and so anyway, um, but now there is a program for it. Um, oh, like what are the rates on that? Yeah, it's about the same. I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll talk after because if I say it right, <laughs> someone's going to listen to this like a year later and they'll be like, that's a rate? That could be high. That could be low. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen in the future, right? So um, yeah. we'll, we'll talk after. But um, yeah, and um, I also found it was hard to get credit cards. Um, I originally searched ITIN credit cards on Google and I found that um, there was like a whole kinds of people have created these web pages and chase had a, a card called i10 credit card oh really and i applied for it and i couldn't get it mind you i've learned some tricks since then so maybe i'll go with my tricks so, <laughs> <laughs> i'm taking over this interview don i'm sorry <laughs> but um so what i found out was um what it might have been the reason i wasn't getting this because it was a u.s credit card and what they like is a u.s address makes sense right they don't want to send statements to canada and they're probably confused why a canadian even wants this um so uh, first of all get a u.s address um to, to put this these cards on um what was my other trick now my, now my brain went to mush but get a u.s address um and apply for uh, uh, credit cards um and the i couldn't get the chase itin credit card but i found that there was a bunch of other cards i could get um so anyone listening if you want to know just just send me an email i'll give you the link i get 75 bucks every time you sign up <laughs> full disclosure i think you guys get 200 bucks for signing up a new person i get 75 not a terrible trade-off but uh anyway <laughs> kind of <a> sneaky thing <laughs> but uh anyway the uh there are cards out there and it is it was tricky like I, I went and applied for like you know well fargo and bank of america and i couldn't get the cards i wasn't getting yeah. Um, so like there's a strategy, right? So a lot of people start off with American Express because that's the easiest route. Yeah. So what people do is they first of all um, call American Express. This is, there's a specific department called like a global transfer team. Okay. And they take care of anything that they will pull your credit from Canada, allowing you to apply using that credit, uh, that credit application applying 
for a US credit card. That's kind of like your first step because you can you don't need a US address. And a, a lot of people have done that. And, yeah. yeah, and a perfect. lot of people have done and gone through like all the US American Express cards yeah. and uh, got the bonuses and things like that. <laughs> yeah, and, and that, for me, I, I don't think that's the right way because that's kind of like milking the, the, bank, the, the bank, right? So you okay. don't want to do that. And all of these bonuses are typically just allowing you to get like once in a lifetime. And so you also want to wait the opportunity to apply when there's like a, a bonus, like a special bonus, right? Yeah. Uh, so once you have that, a lot of times they would uh, recommend you now to get a US address, then you get your ITIN set up. Then you need about like a year of ITIN history. Then you can start considering applying for cards like Chase cards, right? And that, that's, that's what I did. Yeah. So basically I got like a, a couple American Express cards from the States. Then I got my, uh, my ITIN. I just went online. Actually, you can do it yourself too. Just fill out like a W-7 form. And then I took a risky route. I just mailed in my passport. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, because it was during COVID, I couldn't, I, I couldn't get a certified copy of my passport, right? So ah. they accept either one of those. Then, uh, then I mailed it in and uh, hopefully they return it back to me because I didn't, there's no need for me to travel <laughs> at that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so luckily I got it back, right? Then I got my ITIN. And at least I, I like what you did. I kind of moved some of my credit cards from personal into my ITIN number, right? So now you kind of start building your, your history. Then a year after that, then I start applying for my first Chase card, right? And, that, and then from there, they actually look at the history and then ask you to verify your US address and things like that. So that's kind of like my foot in the door. Uh, but it takes time, especially for Chase, because there's a lot of rules around getting chase cards because they look at how many cards you have over how many credit cards you applied for and got over the past 24 months how many inquiries you've had over the last 30 days and things like that so um so the general rule i mean a lot of people know out there is chase they only allow you to hold um five credit cards over a 24 month time span right so wow. if you have more than that then you have to wait until the seasoning um, of that card, of, of your first card, since you got your first one from, from anywhere, right? Not just from Chase. Um, that, that's interesting. If you wanted a Chase one, though, then you, you start to have to think in your head, you're, maybe this is one I have to do in the first five, right? Exactly. And don't add yeah. it in later, right? Because you're yeah. not going to work. Um, I had Claire Drage on the show like three years ago, and she was talking about just the order to get mortgages, right, between credit unions and the big banks. And there's a there's an order that works better in order to be able to get more mortgages. Um, and it's it's one of those same things that I think with these credit cards, there's probably a right way or a right order to do this. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you kind of have to strategize yourself to to get to where you want to be. So you kind of have to think about what your next card is going to be and things like that. So for example, if you've got a rental coming up, you better apply for like a 0% card before, right? Yeah. <laughs> or or even still, even if you're like, like yourself and you want to pay these things off, right? Um, uh, by doing the renovation, you'll, you'll earn points. Like most of them are like 1% cash back or 2% cash back or aeroplan or air miles or, Home Depot points or whatever. I, you know, I don't even think Home Depot has points, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, the, the most lucrative would be the sign of bonuses, right? So if you have like a $10,000 reno and let's say those bonus points is issued to you upon spending, let's say $4,000, then yeah. you can get two credit cards and apply yeah. those um, the renovation costs to those cards and get yeah. those, um, you know, those, those lucrative bonus points. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, if you're planning to do these investments or these things in Canada, the U.S., um, even if you're going to do it in Canada, 
I like to have my uh, renovations on a different credit card than like my groceries and gas and other things. So I like to have like a defined card for the renovations, even if it's in my personal name. I like to have a defined card. Um, <laughs> said that twice. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, pay for your rentals. And then at the end of the year, you'll be like, uh, I don't know, five or 10 grand, depending on how much rentals you do. I think I got over somewhere between five or 10 grand on each of my cards in cash back from rentals, right? But I, I do a lot of rentals. So you may not get that many, but it's it, it does add up, right? Um, um, Even a 2% cash back you know, on a $10,000 reno, that's 200 bucks. Hey, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you go, you know, as things slowly open up, we're probably going to travel to the States more and more again, we'll probably get more comfortable with it. Um, and then you'll have some US money, right? Uh, right then to, to go use, right? A little bit, yeah. a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah, it's easier than exchanging anyway. Mm -hmm. yeah. Don, I think we covered this. Um, before I go, did I miss anything? I don't I think we got it, but did I miss anything we wanted to talk about? Um, no, not so much. I mean, the most important thing is, you know, getting the item number, right? And I think a lot of people may not know about getting it for free because a lot of people charge money for this, right? Especially your accountants. They'll charge yes. up to like 250 US dollars for this. Um, you know, one of the things I want to share is you can actually apply it yourself and just get a downloaded W7 form and um, and follow the instructions and just mail it in, mail in your you know, certified copy of passport or your own passport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that is actually a really good point that you can get this for free. Um, it is slower. Um, and that's usually what happens is people like they get in a rush and that's why they have to use uh, like a registered agent, which is like a CPA or something. Um, but if you don't aren't in a rush, yeah, you can do the mail away and get this for free. Um, yeah, and it, saved, it saves quite a bit of money. Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's it's really smart um the one thing if you don't have your i10 and when people get into a rush mode is you're going to need your i10 to set up your bank account so if you need this bank account right away is one of those things where you end up having to bite the bullet and pay for it <laughs> that's right yeah and a lot of times you can actually set up your u.s account in canada first so for example i actually am a td customer yeah. in Canada. And then I walk to a Canadian branch, right. And just ask them like, if I can open a U.S. domicile bank account and they just open it based on that. Yeah. And so that would be kind of like your first step of everything because you need to eventually pay um, the bills or American express bills in my case was yeah. using that U.S. account because you cannot pay using a Canadian bank account. <laughs> I don't want to go down the corporate structure, but I did find when I went into TD bank, um, if you want to set up a corporate bank account, you got to go to the US, but they can do the personal bank accounts at TD. Yeah, I personal, personal. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. that's right. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't want to go down too much of the corporate part stuff, but uh, that was my uh, the stick. And uh, for anybody who works at TD, I'd really appreciate if you could put a bank in Niagara Falls, New York, Detroit, <laughs> Michigan, or Buffalo, New York, because it is a pain because you're so far away. I don't know why they've never put, because they're in New York uh, state. Why not come up to closer to like the Toronto area? I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there's my rant. Um, Don, <laughs> thanks for coming on the show. I do appreciate it. It's a lot of information here. Oh, it's, it's a pleasure to be on your show. <laughs> thanks.